This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome back to the Games for Girls podcast. Today's guest is the person that has been the biggest role model for me. Uh, She is certainly the person that I look up to most in this entire space. Uh, She is one of the country's most popular and well-respected broadcasters. Uh, Most recently, she was at ESPN for about 16 years, hosting the network's flagship show, SportsCenter. She is humble. She is kind. She is incredible. She is courageous. She is bold. She's beautiful. And really, she's the embodiment of a strong woman. So check out the episode here with Sage Steele. Well, Sage, can I just tell you that you are probably my biggest role model and the person that I look look up to most in this whole space. Um, You're always smiling. I've never heard a hateful or mean thing come out of your mouth. Uh, You speak the truth. You're beautiful. uh, And you embody a strong woman. Um, So thank you for joining today. And thank you for your boldness. Um, I couldn't be more grateful for you, really. No. Oh, my gosh. I'm hugging you through our our screen here. Thank you. And um, that means a lot to me coming from you, a a strong woman who is an example for me as well, by the way. Doesn't matter our age difference, you know, Um, and you for so many millions of women out there and men, my daughters, my son. um, It's just it's amazing. So despite all this chaos, which I hate that you've had to go through, um, there's so many silver linings, I think. And, and this meeting to me, um, is such a blessing. Absolutely. And, and speaking of chaos, uh, you know, it just as well. <laughs> and I think a lot of people kind of know the gist of your story. Um, of course you were with ESPN and then suddenly you weren't. Uh, yeah. and so I kind of just wanted you to start by, you know, briefly taking us through what you personally experienced. Oh, that's a, yeah. Okay. The word brief. How do I keep this brief? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, it just, it was years in the making. You say, okay, I was at ESPN and then I, I wasn't true, but it really was years in the making. I will tell you this and I'll just go backwards. Um, I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be at this moment, even though this moment is still a little bit, um, you know, I'm still a little bit uncomfortable because I was just saying this to my parents the other day. Um, like, for my entire career, which is 28 years older than you are, Riley. Oh God, I'm aging myself. Um, I've been, I've lived in structure. I'm the daughter of a a retired army colonel, a West Point graduate. Here comes the dog. Come on in, Laila. You want to say hi to Riley? Okay. Um, And like all I've ever done is, is lived and thrived in structure. And when you're doing live television every day, there's so much prep that goes into it and you cannot be late. So now I'm learning to live outside of structure. I have to create it on my own. So it's been a little bit of a challenge. Um, But I got to tell you, um, I've lived in fear for many, many years, like fear, fear of disappointing others, fear of disappointing myself, fear of not being liked, fear of everything. I just, I look back and I'm like, God, I I was so afraid with a good heart, right? I I was well-intended. And I think now that I, I, I hit that point where I knew that I, if I didn't stand up for myself, um, it was now or never. And then I would always regret it. You know what I mean? I knew I would regret it. And I knew that I would have to live with it forever. And um, I'd be embarrassed 
that at a moment that I had an opportunity and a big platform that I chose to shrink, like I had my whole life. And I just said enough. Um, so listen to the, the decision to stand up for myself based on how I was treated, which was um, completely differently from those who fit a different narrative um, was heartbreaking and devastating and all of the things. Right. Um, but I, I, I just, I said this to Megan Kelly on Megan's show. Like I didn't know what my line was until it was crossed. And then I was like, Oh hell no. Now I'm done. How it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now you made me angry. But anyway, that was a convoluted answer. It was 16, 17 years at my dream, dream, dream job. And through the last five, six, seven, they just kept pounding me because I was different and I wasn't following their narrative and I just would stay silent, stay silent. And then I'm like, enough, you can't allow all of my coworkers to go on ESPN platforms and on NBA shows and NFL and do all these things and talk about Roe versus Wade or, or, or ignore, for instance, ignoring the Leah Thomas Riley Gaines story. I asked for months to talk about that and they quieted me. So fine. So I went on social media and I was told to be quiet on social media. And I was like, nope, because I support women and you can't say we support women and then not support women. Um, and I just got tired and sad and said enough. So I, I hope that by standing up and then, yeah, filing a lawsuit, who files a lawsuit against their company when they're still working there? <laughs> Not exactly what the plan was. And I still am overwhelmed at that. Um, but to, to settle it to me is a, it is a win because it was like, no, I'm not going to be quiet anymore. It's too late for me. I knew my career there was over, but for the others, friends who are still there, people who don't even like me there, people at other companies, I'm like, it's now or never. And I, um, I know that if we are silent, we are complicit. Absolutely. That's what I believe. It just, I hope it doesn't take everybody else 50 years to get to where I got. No. And you're exactly right. Uh, silence is complicity. That's what I saw. Um, at least, you know, being in the position that I was in kind of naively waiting for someone else to do the right thing. Uh, I realized we would be waiting forever if we if we waited for that. Uh, but you're right. I, I think you're you're setting the precedent uh, for everyone else that comes behind you, um, it, which is just incredibly admirable. Um, and so you've kind of seen this cancel culture, yeah, unfold now for a while, and among different topics, right? You, uh, I would imagine, you know, all the COVID stuff, of course, the the men and women's sports stuff, the BLM stuff, not standing for the national anthem, all kind of these cultural issues that that ESPN has kind of taken on uh, from from one side of, of the, the aisle, right? Uh, right? So you've seen this for a while. And now that you're kind of, I guess, a little bit removed from that space, do you see it increasing? Is it becoming more and more prominent? Mm. You know, it's a good question. And it's one that I can't answer because I have not turned on the TV. <laughs> good for <in> you. <laughs> four months. Yeah. At first it was because I was like, oh, this is going to be too hard because I will say this. I loved my show. I loved sports center. I did the noon to two, uh, Eastern time for the last three years. I love my co-host Matt Berry. I love my teammates. I love my producers. I love them. And I was so heartbroken to have to say goodbye to them. So I was like, I can't do this. And then I was like, this is kind of nice. And here's the problem. When you are around something for so long, you know, you see what everybody else sees when you're watching on TV. But when you know how everything happens in the background, how it's all made, you know, yeah, 
Ooh, I was like, I can't watch this because I know that this isn't genuine, you know? Um, so it's just been easier for me to stay in touch with people elsewhere and not watching. Um, let's cer certainly on, on X and stuff, I see things. Um, I thought it was very interesting. Um, recently, Disney, which obviously owns ESPN and ABC, acknowledged in that SEC filing that basically they'd gone too woke and that it has affected their bottom line. And I'm like, you think? <laughs> I mean, you say that. And I'm just like one small part of that. I mean, I, I, um, you know, I guess I'm shrapnel from that decision where let's crush her because she's on the more conservative side and, and speaks for herself in issues of, you know, with the vaccine mandate, not the vaccine, the mandate, and choosing to um, celebrate my entire heritage, white and black. I'm I'm 50 each, not just choosing one based on what the narrative says. Uh, how I how I uh, believe just with some of the comments I've made about uh, women professionally in sports and um, all those things that got me canceled, basically. And it's like, wait, I wonder because I said those things two years ago originally. I wonder if now if I said it now, would I would I be canceled? Maybe, maybe not. At the end of the day, ESPN for years did a, a wonderful job under our new president, our uh, their new president, Jimmy Pataro. He's been there for like five years. And at first when he was there, it was incredible because he was like, we are not doing politics. I go back to Michael Jordan, Riley, and Michael Jordan in the 80s said, Republicans buy sneakers too. And yeah. hello, it's so basic. Like it's so basic. And so I think, don't we want everybody watching ESPN and going to, to theaters, seeing all of our Disney movies? Or are we just, just catering to one side now and choosing a side? That's what they've done. It's been costly to the tune of millions, billions of dollars maybe. Um, so I, 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 the fact that they acknowledged it is great. And I was pleasantly surprised to see them acknowledge it. That's not something that big corporations usually do. Um, but I think that a lot of damage has been done. Um, and I don't know if there's any, if there's any coming back or turning back for a lot of parents out there who like me, when my kids were little, it was all about Disney. I know so many people now who are like, no, I'm so sad, but I'm done. You can't even go to the park right now. We, the Disney parks, you walk in and, and it, remember it was Mickey Mouse. Hi, boys and girls. They don't say boys and girls anymore. You know, like, so I don't know how much you can get back, um, but I, 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 I do think that um, maybe they've tried to, to pull back, scale back on things. I think it's too late in many ways for yeah. ESPN as well. Yeah, I agree. And, and it's not just ESPN and Disney. You know, you look at all these companies, uh, of course, Bud Light, even Harvard now. Uh, I imagine people won't be sending their kids to Harvard. And it's because it's too late. They had the chance. A lot of these, well, what used to be called prestigious universities uh the stances they've taken that really how they've doubled down on the stances they've taken uh i imagine that would hurt them i, I think any common yeah. american uh would be willing and ready to act on that by by not giving them their money and you have to think about disney for example uh they've seen their their stock plummet tank they have to answer to shareholders i can't imagine shareholders in this are happy Exactly. And I, well, I, I think that that's why they've had to acknowledge some things, right? I'd love to be a fly on the wall in those boardrooms <laughs> just to hear those, those conversations. And over the last couple of years too. Um, and that, and that's the thing I've, I've always just, I, I used to beg and producers and my bosses, I mean, we'd have some really good conversations when they were still talking to me the last two years, no one did. Certainly when I, my lawsuit was active and I was like, they're like, stay away from her. No one talked to her. Um, and, you know, I would say, God, what are we doing? Why are we choosing any side like to me and, you know, you as a, as a, a former 
top level D1 athlete, right? Like um, sports is what brings us together. Like on a football Sunday for three hours, if you're a fan of the Giants or the Raiders or whoever it is, your race, your gender, your politics, your socioeconomic status, nothing matters on a Sunday or for anything. You're just cheering for your team. And sometimes I've turned to people and you hug a stranger, right? Because <laughs> your team just scored. That's the beauty of sport. And so it was devastating for me as a fan, number one, as a journalist, number two, and as a loyal employee of the company that I loved to see us choosing, choosing to divide. And I think that that is what I hope ESPN is learning now, um, especially over the last couple of years. I hope Disney is, I hope Bud Light, I hope all of the companies are, but the, the colleges and universities, um, maybe that's the silver lining of all of the ugliness, right? Is that now this is being exposed. As a mother of three, I already have two in college at High Point University, which stands for freedom. It's an incredible place in North Carolina. Um, their motto is God, family, country. And, and it's not like it's a religious institution. It just, it, it's like, hey, this is what we're made of. Um, but they don't make you, they don't force you to do things. They don't allow hate speech. I have one more daughter that's getting ready to go to college. She's choosing. Let me tell you, I don't care if she were the valedictorian and had a 4.5 GPA and got into all of those elite institutions. Absolutely not. That is not where you're going. And you know what? She wouldn't even need to hear it from me. My 17-year-old daughter knows. She doesn't want to be around people that not just speak that way, but more importantly, in many ways, the people who tolerate it. It is do or die time now for us as Americans, as employees, as employers, as parents to take these stances and say, absolutely not. The only way, sadly, to hit them is in the wallet. And that's what seems to be happening with Disney, when you look at Penn and their donors who are saying, no, I'm going to keep my $100 million. How do you like that? It's the only way. Uh, I think it's do or die time for Christians as well, because I, yeah. I think we've reached this point where even Christians are kind of turning the other cheek. Uh, but like you said, eyes are being opened. Uh, I think uh, hearts are being softened, which yeah. is something I pray for every single day. Um, but, but despite all that, now, of course, at least from what I've seen since I've entered into this space, uh, you've always been a champion, a champion for women, but now uh, a, a very public champion for women, especially, of course, women in sports. But I just have to ask, uh, you know, I know there was probably a lot of conversations behind closed doors, but I, I just want to know, you know, have you felt support from your colleagues, especially women? Uh, because I remember during Women's History Month back in March of this year, there was a special, an ESPN special that came out showcasing, you know, Women's History Month. Um, and the special was surrounding Leah Thomas uh, and how brave he is and how how inspiring he is and how much adversity he had to overcome and persecution to, to uh, achieve the seemingly impossible by winning a national title. Um, and I remember watching this and hearing the voiceover, of course, noticing it was a woman who did the voiceover. And I just remember thinking to myself, you know, I could not imagine being a woman working there, being asked to report on this issue with a smile on my face yeah. and doing it. Uh, and so I just kind of wanted to ask about the support you felt from women uh, since, of course, taking the stance that you have. None. <laughs> None, which is not shocking. However, um, I'll start with the positive, which is Samantha Ponder. And I know that you got to meet Sam and she's been a dear friend of mine for about 15 years. Um, uh, and her, her maiden name is Steele. So Sam Steele, Sage Steele, we're, we're, we're like, we're twins. We're related. 
Um, and she and I talked after I had begun to speak up, which was right, right after your tweet, I think. Um, and, and she, we talked and she's like, Sage, I, I want to speak up so badly too. What do I do? And first of all, Sam is one of the smartest, um, most wise women I've ever been around in my life. And um, she knew what she needed to do. And, and she did it in her time. And I think over the summer decided to speak up as well, but it's literally just been um, Sam and me and that's it. I'll say that, you know, obviously I was still at ESPN in March and I remember coming to work a day or two after all of those aired um, and, and the Leah Thomas one aired in particular. And I was on the set sitting next to the woman who voiced it over. And I just remember wanting to ask her like, really, you have daughters. What do you really believe this? Um, I didn't because it's not worth it at some point, right? People are gonna do what they're gonna do. I do know that, um, you know, we were all, all the women on SportsCenter were asked to voice over uh, several of those little clips. And I did two or three of the female athletes and they were great. I was not asked to do the Leah Thomas one, but probably strategically, they know what I would have said. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the thing is, is I'd been asking for months to talk about this story on our show. We had two hours live every day and we never, ever, ever did it. And that was disappointing because we do a lot of things incredibly well, especially on the show I was on. We were, we were awesome. Um, but I, 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 when I saw it air, I was just heartbroken, especially as someone, I mean, for the last, for, from 2010 through 2021, I was um, kind of the face of ESPNW, our, our women's summit, and it was women in sport. And it was all about uplifting women and making sure that we are seen and heard and represented in our highlights on SportsCenter, um, salaries and all the stuff that we've talked about with the women's soccer team, like so many things. And and as kind of the face of it, I I was all about women, women, women as one with daughters, all of the above. And I thought, what, what are we doing? Then I had more and more conversations um, with some people who were in the boardrooms meeting, talking about this before they all, all those montages, all of them aired. And a couple of people were like, and these are men in the room who are saying, what are we doing? There are so many other women to choose from and we're choosing a man. We're choosing Leah Thomas. Why? Why go there? Why do this? And so there were people in those meetings that I know who spoke up who were ignored. So it was strategic. Um, they saved it him. I'm with you. I say him, not her. Uh, for the last one, I think, too. Right. I think that was the last one to air. Um, Grand finale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was beautiful. Um, that disgusted me. I'll also say this. I mean, I was um, I was asked to stop tweeting about it. I was asked to stop um, doing anything, saying anything about it on social media because I was um, offending others at the company. I made sure I sent off another tweet that night after I received that email um, <laughs> because like, no, and it's, let's stop living in this lie. And once again, oh, you're going to, you're going to silence me and Sam. She was told the same thing, you know, for this issue, but then we're going to let everybody else talk about all these other things that are not even related to sports on our sports programming. And I'm like, no, 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 no. If we're going to preach on ESPNW and all of these things, and I'm going to stand up for all these women, many of whom are afraid to do what Riley Gaines is doing, to do what, what I'm doing at a much lesser level than Riley, than you, right? But just, no. And so that, that I actually said this to myself as I was sending a tweet, the first tweet about, you know, standing up and supporting you. I said, 
I already had the lawsuit going, you know, I mean, whatever. I didn't know how it was going to end, but I literally said, this is a hill I will die on a hundred percent because it is, it is facts. This is not even my opinion about a vaccine mandate or whatever. Like these are facts. This is science. This is biology. This is all of the things come at me. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me to stop supporting women. Go ahead. Tell me. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and that was exactly my point during the hearing last week. Um, when, you know, representative Lee sits there and calls me names, calls me a transphobic bigot, but she doesn't acknowledge what she is, which is someone (laughs) who has an, a a very blatant bias and and really, I would say contempt for women, uh, which we call a misogynist. So it, it is interesting how it's kind of like rules for thee, but not or, or rules, rules for the, but not for me, you know, but then, but then to get it, try to get it stricken from the record, the panic, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but that's something you face, uh, for a really long time. And so yeah. that's why I, I just couldn't have been more excited. Um, when I saw your tweets, so just know you were making a difference in my life and in so many others, uh, you, you inspired, um, thank you. Thank you. Of, Can I just real quick say this, yeah. that I, I, I do believe that there are a lot of other women at ESPN who agree with me, agreed with yeah. me when I was there. Um, and I think many of them um, just had the fear, the fear that I understand and that I lived with for years, you know, um, and really? women who have to support their families. And I, under, I understand that. But here's the thing. And I've said this publicly on social media as well. Um, I think that we are so underestimating our power. And yeah. if we would just come together on this, we would be unstoppable. So we're seeing it in other ways where, you know, at powerlifting events or cycling events or other sports where, where women are saying, no, I'm not going to, we're not going to play. And then what happens? The whole event gets shut down. Now it's, it is pathetic that we even have to do that. Right. Um, But unfortunately it feels like it's the only way if they do it. Um, And so as journalists, can you imagine of all the women came together and said enough with this, it, they, it would be, we would be such would a be powerful over. force and, and we have chosen to be silent and weak about this. And let me throw this in. It's funny because what comes at you, um, when you do stand up, like I thought I was doing the right thing. I know I am, but when I get thrown under the bus by Megan Rapino, which she's comical in many ways, it's so sad that such a great player, a great career has turned into this is she, her mouth and her actions have taken away from her greatness on the field. And that's what breaks my heart as a fan of hers and of the sport. Um, but when she put me in a sentence with a time magazine article, it was me and Martina Navratilova (laughs) and Dave Chappelle who are standing up for, for women, um, women's sports and saying, sorry, no biological men in our sports, that she says that we are inciting violence against trans people. Like, People like Megan Rapino have lost their minds and they can need, we need to continue to call them on it because it's not just our opinions that are backing us up. It is facts. Hashtag science. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's the tactics they, they choose to use is really fear mongering, you know, yeah. telling you basically equating you to a murderer. If you speak out saying you will have blood on your hands, if you advocate for fair sport and privacy in areas of undressing, uh, which you're you're exactly right. I was a big fan of Megan Rapino. Granted, no, we don't necessarily agree on much, but th- like you said, that didn't matter uh, yeah. because she is an amazing player. Uh, she had an amazing career. 
Uh, she did a lot for women's sports in terms of fighting for, for what she fought for, equal access, equal resources, uh, equal pay, different things. Uh, she, I, I really would have considered her a feminist, a hardcore yeah. feminist. But now, oh my gosh, forget that. She is not a feminist. She had us all deceived. Uh, she's a, a, a virtue signaling. Uh, I, I mean, and I would just, I, she's a virtue signaler. That's what she's doing um, by fighting for inclusion, which is really, as we know, exclusion. Um, yes. And conveniently as her career ends. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. She knows she wouldn't have had the opportunities and success right. that she had, had men been allowed to take her spots. Everyone has seen uh, the U S women's national soccer team lose to, uh, I believe the 15 and under high school boys team or whatever it was in a blowout. Yeah, Everyone yeah. saw that. And we know it's not sexist to say that we would expect that to happen. No, that's, that's trusting again, like you said, science and logic and reasoning, uh, fact lived experience. Um, and I, I loved, I, well, I saw of course the article that came Nancy armor who came after, um, Sam, Sam. Ponder. Yeah. And she just responded back with like biology is not bigotry. And I love that. And that's so true. Um, but I I've heard you several times and in several different posts and different, different things you've done talk about your why, uh, you know, why you stand tall, why you push back, why you advocate really for transparency and consistency, I would say. Uh, but I want to give you the opportunity to share your why, because I think it's important. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mm. Um, I, I just think again, I lived in fear. It makes me emotional. I, I lived in fear for so long and it was very costly and that was professionally and personally, you know? So, um, I got tired and I felt like a hypocrite as a mother of three and trying to raise strong humans and two strong daughters as well. Um, and my son who has witnessed my strength in many ways, um, going into work and fighting in a man's world. And this, this crazy little dream I had to be a sportscaster when I was a shy, shy young girl and being told no. And then you fight, you fight. And then, and then when it comes crunch time and it gets a little hard, you go quiet, you stop. I just felt like a hypocrite. And if I didn't speak up, then what am I, why would my kids ever do the same? You know, um, I think my other why is because, um, you know, it has to do with just my upbringing uh, as a uh, daughter of a, of a white mother and a black father, very proud of my background and being biracial. Um, I feel like I had the best of both worlds as a kid, Riley, and I still do, you know, especially in such a divisive world. Um, I, I, I didn't see color. I didn't as one of those, I just saw love and I, or hate whatever, but I knew who my people were and it didn't matter if they were green or blue or Democrats or Republicans or poor or rich. Like there were nobody rich in my family, by the way, like it was just love, you know? And so, um, I lived in diversity. I grew up in such a diverse background 
And to then, um, to me, the most important part of diversity is diversity of thought. That's where it begins and ends. And so for that to be crushed, um, no, you know, no more. And if we don't begin with diversity of thought, then to me, the other stuff actually doesn't even make sense. It doesn't add up if you don't agree with like, okay, you might think differently, Megan Rapino, you know, but, but I respect that. Let's not lead with hate. Right. Um, so I just knew that if I was going to live this life and be in this industry, you know, and have a large platform, um, but not share my experiences and then stand tall when it was the most scary, I'd always regret it. Um, I'm proud of my diversity, uh, how I was made, how my parents made me, how God made me. Um, I'm proud of my diversity with my thought because no one told me how to think. I came up with this on my own through my own life experiences. Um, And I think we should celebrate everybody's life experiences and and diversity. Um, So I think I was just broken in so many ways and so heartbroken at um, being beaten up for being different. Um, when I thought that's what we were celebrating, that I just knew that I had to speak up. And even if I got canceled or crushed or lost endorsements or money or jobs, then it would be worth it if I were being true to myself for myself, but also for my kids. And I didn't realize, um, until I started to get canceled, I've been canceled so many times that, um, I got really good at getting canceled. I didn't realize how many people I was affecting by just being me. And when I first got suspended and taken off the ESPN doesn't like to call it a suspension because I I got paid. I was like, yeah, there's such thing as a paid suspension that happens all the time in sports. Right. (laughs) So when when I was this, but that's what it was when I got suspended. um, I got thousands of emails from people across the world. People I'll never, ever meet because it was related to Disney. And so it got bigger. Right. And just saying, stand tall don't back down. You didn't do anything wrong. You didn't say anything wrong. You were just being you. And if they can be them, why can't you be you? And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm just talking about football and basketball and excited to do my job. And and now somehow affecting others across the pond even. So I realized it's so much bigger than me. My why is my little why that that, that I'm realizing because I no longer care about what everybody else thinks that it can maybe help others. Um, And so that's why this has been worth it. Um, as scary as it's been. And um, there have been times when my my parents had to literally fly up here to my house in Connecticut and pull me off of the ground when I was like, I can't do this. And I'm the sole breadwinner. I'm divorced. I'm the sole breadwinner for all three kids and an ex-husband. You know what I mean? Like I have so much responsibility on my shoulders and so much, so many reasons to be fearful, which is why I understand the fear, but I'm just Um, it was breaking me to be quiet and to not be able to be myself because I was told I wasn't enough by the same people who preach diversity and tolerance and equity. Um, So I don't, as you can see, I need to come up with a better answer because I have several whys, whys, but I just know that um, the diversity of thought is everything. And I will call anyone out on it till the day I die. um, If we don't practice what we preach. And I'm, f- I am finally practicing what I preach to my kids and I hope it can help others along the way. Well, 
It certainly is. It certainly has. And it certainly will continue to. And you got all those messages from across the pond uh, because courage, that, that's, I would say, the virtue that's lacking the most and really the most admirable virtue is when someone is courageous, you know, they see fear. It's not that they're fearless. They see fear. They see the risk. They see the threats. And they're still willing to do what's right and what's fair and what's moral and what is just. And that is what you have done. And I've said it time and time again as well, which you touched on. I think the the scariest thing about our society, other than the fact that we live in a godless society, uh, is just the inability to think for ourselves. And really then the unwillingness to admit when we're wrong yeah. uh, and you possess all of that and more. And, and so I think last question here. I want to ask you something that probably every single person is wondering, uh, and that's, you know, what's next for you? Yeah. Um, I have something amazing that I, it's already signed, sealed and delivered. It's just not announced and I'm dying. I'm dying to announce it. Um, what it is, it's about having conversations. Um, and that's, what we've been able to have today. And I think so many people are starting to have more of, and to be honest with it, um, it's, it's really important to me to, to do it in person when possible. So I'm going to be traveling a lot more to make this happen. Um, and I think people are going to be surprised at with whom I'll be working because, um, it's a person that we could not be more different. And that is why it's so exciting to me. Because this person sees me for me as a human being, a diverse human being who has had a lot of different life experiences and is not afraid to share them and talk about them. And even though we think completely differently on so many issues, he's bringing me on and he's like, let's go. And to me, it's such a win because that's my whole thing, diversity of thought and having conversations. And if we, if we just listen to each other, um, I think for the most part, we're going to, even if we think differently, we're going to like each other and support each other. So, um, I hope it's going to be announced soon. I have to text him when I get done. Be like, what are we doing? Let's go. <laughs> well, uh, you will gonna- certainly, I will be following along. I can't wait to figure out what it is. And of course, um, like I said, I, I'm just your biggest fan. So I will promote the heck out of it. Thank uh, you. Because I think truly everyone needs to hear what you have to say and really hear your heart. Uh, you are just the most, like I said earlier, you're just, you're always smiling, which is <laughs> rare. Uh, and, and But that's a choice. And you know what else? One thing I so admire about you, because I'm just now becoming more comfortable speaking about my faith. And I've always been a happy go lucky person, like an silly idiot half the time. Like, um, but I have felt such joy through the sorrow and the pain and the fear of the last two years in particular, um, because I, I, my relationship with God has continued to just grow and grow and grow. And I just know that I, I actually believe that along with being a mother, I know why I'm on this earth now. And I believe God has put me in this position because he, he has gotten me to the point where I'm fearless. And um, I know that if I'm still standing now after all of this, and again, a lot of personal stuff too that I haven't talked about yet. The book is in the um, is in the works, <laughs> um, which has been which has been super emotional and difficult too. Um, but I feel like he's got me here because I'm no longer afraid and and to be a voice and to stand along you, Riley. Um, and I I feel like why not once you once we let go of that fear, 
it's just endless. The possibilities are, are endless. Um, and so again, if people can take, God, look at how long she it took her 50 years. Okay. That's what it took me. Fine. Guess what? The next 50 are going to be awesome because it's like, get out of the way, everybody. And I'm going to try to pull people along with me and other women along with me in particular, because we are too good. We are too good to allow this stuff to happen. Um, and I, again, thank you for inspiring me because if you hadn't said what you said about, you know, about what ESPN was doing and the Leah Thomas thing and women's history month, what are we doing? Um, you triggered me, you got me going girl. So I owe you, I owe you because you've helped me continue to fight. And, um, I just, I just think that this is going to be really fun for all of us to watch because we know, we know that we're right. We know that we're standing for the right thing. And there's so much power in that. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, you're amazing. Uh, I can't wait to, to meet you in real life soon. Uh, will, you I feel give like me a, will you work out with me? Will you kick my butt? Oh my gosh. Give me a rally <laughs> I need my butt kicked. <laughs> oh my gosh. We were, um, we were both late to the podcast today because we were both working out, which I think is a sign of a strong woman, uh, which I, I believe, of course, we both certainly are. Yes. So I could not be more grateful for you. Uh, again, like I said, for your stance, uh, for your boldness, for your courage, uh, for your willingness to say what everyone else is thinking, even when it's not the the most um, favorable position. Yeah. So I, I'm just very grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to fight this together. How can you not just love her? Oh my gosh. She is, um, like I said many times, someone I truly, truly admire. And I know so many others do as well. Um, I will be excited to hear what's going on with her book and her future plans, uh, and we will certainly keep you guys updated. Uh, so thank you for tuning in today. Make sure you like, subscribe, uh, outkick.com, anywhere where you get your podcasts, and we will see you after the holidays.